Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. And now, welcome to tonight's host, John the Vernomatic Verno. Good evening, everybody. I'm the Vernomatic, and welcome to this week's show. As always, Thursday nights, brand new content drops. Visit the MetalMayhemROC.com website. There you'll find past episodes. Do us a favor. Download a few. Tell us what you think. Subscribe, review. That kind of stuff always helps the bottom line. Sign up for our email newsletter. There you'll receive weekly updates on brand new shows. You'll get alerts for our Monday night live radio show, which I host on ThatMetalStation.com. And it's just a way for us to stay in touch with you concerning, you know, free giveaways or merch giveaways. Tonight, we're doing two feature interviews. Two up-and-coming bands are releasing new material. I have Marcus Bryant from the band Spirit Adrift on. They're releasing a brand new EP tomorrow called Forge Your Future. It's a three-song release. Marcus is here to tell us about what the band's been up to, how they wrote this, why they wrote this, and just general plans for the fall of 21. The second feature interview we have tonight is with the band Enforcer. Now, Enforcer has been around since 2008, and they are part of that new wave of traditional heavy metal movement that's been gaining momentum in the last 10 years. Lead guitarist and singer Olaf Wickstrand is with us. He'll tell us about their brand new single, Kiss of Death, and we touch on the live CD DVD package that came out in the spring called Live by Fire 2. These are two great bands from different parts of the world. One's Arizona in the States and one's Sweden over in Europe. So that's what we have for you tonight. But let's get things started. From the brand new EP, Forge Your Future, Spirit Adrift. I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC.
All right, so I have a return guest to Metal Mayhem ROC from Arizona, Marcus Bryant, drummer of Spirit Adrift. Marcus, welcome back to Metal Mayhem ROC. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. How you doing out there in, uh, in Rochester? Good. We got a little taste of your weather. Uh, it's about 90 and humid, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not No, 115s like you guys get over in the desert, but it'll be snowing soon enough. So... So uh, last fall, we had a chance to visit, and we were covering the uh, Enlightened in Eternity album, but mm-hmm. exciting things going on. Tomorrow, you guys are releasing the new three-song EP, Forge Your Future. Let's, yeah. let's touch base on this. Is it, a, um, is it a COVID release, or is it just following the same trend you've had with the EPs in the last two or three years? Um, it's just, uh, you know, we, we can't sit still for too long. Uh, Nate's always writing songs, like I've mentioned before. So it was just, uh, you know, he had songs he was demoing all through COVID. Just, you know, we're keeping busy. And uh, he trimmed it down to three, three songs uh, that he liked best. We got together and uh, got those things recorded. So, yeah, it's just a kind of uh, picking up where Enlightened left off, you know. We're just wanted to put three more songs out there. And this is our first uh, exclusive release with Century Media as well, this this EP. So that's exciting. Yeah, it, it sounds like it. Uh, looking at the lineup, some new guys in the band, Preston Bryant and Sonny DiCarlo, taking over for uh, Eric and Chase. Uh, what's that all about? Well, we decided a while back there was just like, you know, we and Gatecreeper were both, you know, like getting busier and busier. So it was, you know, best to like, break the bands apart and we're still all family so all that's good there um and so we took my brother preston who had been playing synth on the last few albums so he came in he's uh he's playing guitar now live and then we got sunny and mom and i played in bands with him here in phoenix uh, and he's he's running bass duties and that's actually where i'm coming back from uh him and i just got finished jamming the live set for the shows this october well, let's talk about the new one, Forge Your Future. Yeah. You know, uh, definitely when I heard the new music, it's like, you know, it's Spirit Adrift now. <laughs> oh, awesome. Is it because uh, Nate's getting more prolific as a songwriter and a music writer? Or does um, Zeus, the mixer, have anything to do with this? How, uh, what can you attribute the Spirit Adrift sound to? Um, I can attribute it to, I mean, obviously the mix has something to do with the final product and Zeus knocked it out of the park. Uh, I, I'm just blown away by the work he did on this, on this EP. Um, I would attribute most of, of, of the sound, um, to Nate's songwriting to Nate's, uh, I mean, he, Nate, like I mentioned, never stops working. He never stops growing and pushing himself as a songwriter, as a guitarist, as a, as a singer. And I think most importantly, he draws from, and we draw from such a big pool of influences, you know, that, that it, it allows for, I think, like a natural progression, a natural evolution of a sound. Um, and Nate bases, you know, he, he writes what's in his heart and it's real. Um, his lyrics are drawn from real life experiences so I think if it's, I think the fact that it's it's coming from a real place, it's coming from an authentic place. I mean, he's always he's just really fine tuning 
himself as a songwriter. It's brilliant. Um, I always get so excited when he sends demo, demos over my way, and then I always have to call him and be like, dude, holy shit, this sounds amazing. You know, this is great. Last time we spoke, you talked about the writing arrangement that you guys had organically developed of him sending you files, and then you're able to mix something up, if you will, and you're really excited about that that process. Mm-hmm. Is that how it did it continue into the 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 new EP? Yes, yeah. Nate demos everything um, out of his house in Texas. Um, outside of Austin there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And sends it over to me and now to, you know, to Preston and Sonny as well. Um, we just throw it in a drop box, you know, and then we just start talking, we start texting, we start learning parts. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, such an efficient method. You know, it's, it's really great. I love it still simply. <laughs> so let's pick it off from uh, last December. We spoke and the pandemic was about six, seven months in and no one knew what was the touring landscape. How have things changed? Now you do have dates uh, on the books, some New York dates, Phoenix, and then uh, uh, Europe dates. A three-part question. Uh, how did that develop? And is it going to happen and what kind of tour is this? Um, this, this, I mean, we're not even considering this a tour as much as we're doing one show here in Phoenix uh, on the 18th of October. And then we're flying out to New York. We're doing those pair of shows with High on Fire. Um, so that is, that's something, I mean, we're dying like everyone else. We're dying to play live. Um, everyone's trying to tour this fall. So we, we were looking at it from the perspective of we're not going to try and do a full-blown tour. Let's do a handful of shows. We'll get this EP out. Um, you know, we got some other stuff behind the scenes that we're always working on. Um, so it's really just to get out there. We need another release. We need to play shows. You know, we're a, it's a really weird thing to be like in a band working and seeing some success and some momentum and then just be, you know, hit by this pandemic and all of us go on pause. Uh, I mean, there are far worse problems in the world and, and we realize our position there. Um, but yeah, this is just something, I mean, we're hungry for this stuff, but now it's looking like with a Delta variant, is it going to happen? Are all these, like it's, there's still a lot of uncertainty out there. Um, I mean, we're really hopeful it happens. You know, the New York shows, I think I read New York, city is it the whole state is new york city's requiring proof of vaccination to go into shows and and restaurants and whatnot these dates you have is it a dual quote headline with high on fire or is it an opening slot or it's um it's yeah just we're direct support i think that's that's how i saw it you know mm-hmm. dual headline would be good but you know it's not we're playing you know a shorter set than they are so we're just direct support Marcus, uh, where can people find all your information? Just straight up spiritadrift.com and Facebook? Yep, we got spiritadrift.com with links to everything from there. Um, and yeah, we're active on Instagram and Facebook, um, getting all the different social media things going. But yeah, spiritadrift.com, Instagram, Facebook, those are the easiest places to see what's going on with us. So the new three song EP is Forge Your Future. There's a couple videos out, the title track. It's a lyric video, and then the new second video for Wake Up, which is uh, a little humorous. It's a little uh, not-so-serious side of um, Spirit Adrift. 
Well, Marcus, uh, best of luck. Again, we'll be supporting you up here at Metal Mayhem ROC. And you know what? We'll uh, Hopefully things will loosen up and we'll get you up here to Rochester. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd love to come up there and play. Yeah, you know, we're metalheads up here and uh, we get out and see our bands. So Very cool. Anything you want to say before I let you get going? Hey, just keep supporting one another. Keep supporting live music and the arts and, you know, just... Just try to be good to one another, right? <laughs> That's right. All right, Marcus, best of luck and stay safe. Hey, thank you so much. You too. Okay, talk soon. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Attention, metalheads. We all want to return to concert venues soon. Introducing Metal Mayhem ROC Metal Forever Freedom X Sanitizer. This sanitizer product is water and foam-based, manufactured with proprietary HYIQ solution. That's right, no alcohol, but more effective. Manufactured following FDA sanitizer monograph guidelines. It applies smooth without irritating the skin. Safe for all ages. Keep your friends and family safe with Metal Mayhem ROC's own sanitizer. Visit Metal Mayhem MetalMayhemROC.com or MetalForever.com to order your bottles now. Use promo code METAL at the Freedom X checkout store for a show discount. Now, now back to Metal Mayhem ROC. So continuing our profile tonight on up-and-coming bands in the States and worldwide, we have Olaf Wickstrand of the band Enforcer. Band has a new album or a new single out called Kiss of Death. Olaf, welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. Well, thank you very much. I'm happy to be on. So uh, where, are you, where are you located right now? Are you in, in Sweden? Uh, I'm in Sweden right now. I'm in my hometown where um, my brother and I are running a like a small little studio thing here, um, working on new music, mostly, yeah. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, you know, everyone's busy, and when I... Did the math on the uh, time difference. I, I know how I am at 10 o'clock at night. So, again, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, no worries. I've actually been um, I've been spending a couple of weeks in the Caribbean. So I'm just I came back just a few days ago. So I'm still like a little bit on your time zone. So uh, let's get everyone up to speed on Enforcer. And you could help me if I you could be my fact checker. Band's about 15 years old. First release was into the night in 2008 and you've been consistently putting out kick-ass albums every two or three years and the last one was 2020 uh 2019 zenith tell us about the start of the band um i mean i think that the the idea for the band origins in the dark 90s um and and early 2000s um when we're a bunch of people um from around here growing up on classic metal more or less and uh, at that time there were just like there there was nothing like that in the entire world um so uh, eventually i you know I've, I've been playing with different black and death metal bands before and we we used to like do covers for like classic metal covers and i always found those songs to be more energetic and more fun to play so the idea to start the band came from 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 playing in these other bands and um said and done i worked out this concept sometime in 2004 2005 um wrote a couple of songs and put it out out online and um got kind of um like a like um 
like a good good following quite quickly. So that's where the idea came from in the first place. Go again, yeah. No, go against all trends and do what you know what what I thought was cool at that time. Now let's mention some of those early influences. You're going back to the traditional legends of metal, the priests and yeah. the maiden. That's where you're dry, getting your motivation from. Yeah, I mean Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Saxon, Venom, Merciful Fate, um, Diamond Head, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, you know what, Olaf, uh, we're separated by many miles, but we, we're cut from the same cloth because that, that, that's the soundtrack of a, of a lot of us metalheads. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's the foundation of everything, man. So it looks like, uh, is it safe to say you're, uh, this was your brainchild? Because doing show research and getting really back into the band, you were handling a lot of the uh, playing a lot of the instruments, the guitar, bass, drums in the early days. Was that just in the studio? Did you record all those parts on that? You know, that first Into the Night album. Uh, well, in the very beginning, it was like more or less my my you know my solo studio band. But once we 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 got offered shows and uh, and stuff like that, we uh, I, I put a band together, and since that we've been more or less like a consistent band. Yeah, it looks like uh, your your brother, uh, Jonas, is uh, he's been with you since basically the beginning, pretty much. Yeah. Like the like the foundation of the band have been like, have, have always evolved around my brother and I. And then we had a lot of members coming and going. And um, yeah, but mostly like people that we've been growing up with here in our hometown, but also some other people. So the first one's 2008, 2010, you release an album called Diamonds. Yeah. Was it basically record or write, record, tour, and do that two-year uh, two cycle? I mean, when we released our first album, we didn't really have any stable booking situation or any stable tour situation. It was more like for fun back then. But I would say that 2010 album Diamonds like kicked off that you know the way like like it, it made us made it possible for us to take it to the next to the next level where we actually could that that enabled us to write the record go on tour play a lot of shows go back home write another album go on tour you know that yeah. that type of yeah that type of lifestyle uh, in the beginning it was different you know that there wasn't much commercial interest for the band and stuff like that but it i think it grew quite a lot with the second album when did it become a full-time gig and you're able to support yourself it's always been a full-time gig more or less you know even though sometimes you make money from it and sometimes you don't but i mean <laughs> i i still spend 100 percent of my awake time like doing this in a way so well no i what i was really getting at when did it was it your main financial oh well it's not my it's 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 not my main financial like thing i it's really hard to make like a decent decent live enough of music these days you know where people don't really are are getting used to not paying for music anymore so um but i mean that's always been the normal for me so i never kind of expected to make a grandiose living out of playing rock and roll music well, so you put out the first three albums, and then something exciting happened. You released a live 
album DVD called Live by Fire. I saw direct comparisons to some of your some of the 70s and 80s bands where they would release their first three albums, then they would have a live album. Like Kiss did it, Iron Maiden, Rush, Judas Priest. Was that the thinking behind the band to try to, you know, chapterize your career to that point? Yeah, kind of, but also like, you know, the, the songs grow with you playing a lot of shows, you know, and I thought that, you know, after a while, I think that the songs were still great, but we could just like perform them so much better and to like immortalize a certain era of the band by recording it. Um, so that's also like something that I would, the, the reason why we've done like live albums to, to, to like capture the era of the band in a, in a, in a, in a way that's as good as it possibly could get with video and with audio. When you did that live by fire, there were some uh, unreleased tracks or new tracks, if you will. What was yeah. the thing, what was the thinking behind that? I think the idea was just to like make it sellable, to make it, you know, to, to make the entire product something that our fans would like to actually spend money on because, you know, because, you know, like producing this type of album video, it costs a lot of money. So we somehow got to have to like finance it and, and a way where we could finance it was to release new music together with this, you know. How did how did it do? Did it did it achieve what you're looking for it to do? I, I I have no I can't remember. But I mean live records never get the same attention that studio albums do. So it was just like it was it was a nice way to like immortalize the era of the band. Oh sure. Sure. I um it helped me get into the band and Oh that's awesome, yeah. Yeah, no, it was a great learning tool. So 2015, uh, the band releases my favorite album from you guys. I like, I respect all of it, and we'll get to Zenith because that's underrated. But from beyond, excellent release. The the, the sequencing of the album, I, I feel, is you yeah, hit it spot on. It's just one of those just press play releases. Olaf, you have a fan in Jarvis Letherby. We had a chance to catch up with Jarvis uh, talking about the Sirith Ungle and the Night Demon projects, and he couldn't say enough kind words and very a lot of enthusiasm for your live performance. What kind of touring did you do for From Beyond? Was your touring possibilities augmented with this new wave of traditional heavy metal movement that was going on in the mid twenty ten or twenty teens? can't remember how many shows we did on that album tour, but that was probably the most extensive touring that we've been ever doing, uh, which was a lot of fun, first of all. But uh, it was it was just great to come out to so, so many different places. I think we played in like 40 different countries or something like that. We did two North American tours, two or three European tours. We were in Asia. We were in South America. We were like everywhere. We're talking with Olaf Wickstrand of Enforcer, Kiss of Death, new single released at the beginning of the summer. Now, when the Zenith album came out in 2019, it was a little bit of a departure, but I think people don't understand, or this is my take on it, is it's um, 
It's one of those albums where you really just have to sit down and listen to it a few times in its entirety. And it's something that really grasps you. So congratulations on the Zenith album. Thank you. You, you released a live by fire two DVD this past spring, which was taken from the Zenith tour and it contained music from all the albums, but now this time from beyonds on there and a lot of the Zenith tracks, what brought you to Mexico city to do that? And where through all your thinking, did you decide to do another live DVD uh, CD package? I think, I mean, it's like 2019 or 2020 when we released this. It's, it was already eight years since we released the previous one. And I think we've, we've developed a lot like as musicians and songwriters. And I think that we also released our two best albums, so which we also wanted to immortalize. And uh, it was just like uh, we, we just got this opportunity to play in Mexico City. And I figured it would be a cool opportunity to take to uh to record the show and to uh yeah both audio and video and it, it was like a cool thing to do one thing i noticed about it is the how do i say this the uh spontaneity of the production you, there weren't a lot of like fake cutaways you may have edited but you could see actually see uh videographers on the stage shooting the bass player then all of a sudden the next cut you see that bass player actually playing that song. Very captivating piece of uh, uh, video. Did you control the the vision of the project? I mean, what I wanted to do with this was not to do another live video. I wanted to do something that was interesting all the time and to like really look for those like pictures that made sense in every part of every song. And uh, I wanted it to look like uh, an hour and a half long music video with the same intensity. And um, not only like random cuts from random cameras. It's been a lot of thought behind how that is done. So we did the audio first and then we edited the video on top of the audio, you know. So that was kind of reverse situation there. But I think we got it really well, and I think it really captures a vibe that I don't see in any other live videos, you know, that that I've seen at least, at least with with this kind of limited budgets that we have in comparison to 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 the huge bands. Yeah, the huge bands. Well, that led me to my next thought: was it was a smaller venue, but Olaf, it looked like. You know, you guys were playing, you know, Rock and Rio. The crowd was into it. It was uh, the B-roll of the people up in the front row. Talk about continuity. You saw them at the beginning of the show, and then you saw them like three quarters of the way through the show, the people up front, and they're all sweaty, and they're, uh, you know, they're getting just as much exhausted with the band throughout the set. It was, um, that those were part of the things that I got out of it that, kept me there watching it. And I really felt like it was a concert and I was with you throughout the whole show. So again, props to you guys. Thanks. And, and there was a lot of the idea behind it was, like I said, to not do just another video, but do something that, that, that really captured the, the vibe of being there. Good evening, Mexico City! 
let's touch on the uh, Kiss of Death single. You just wanted to put a single out to g- g- get your name out there again. Or is this a new way of marketing the band? I don't know. You know, there, there there's no new way. Any, I, I mean, because like the music business and especially the rock business have been working the same for so many years now. So I don't think anyone have figured out how to really work with like with music or rock music in this new era of music, the digital music era that we're living in right now. But we noticed very clearly that people don't really listen to albums anymore, both from watching streams, stream numbers, both and also like talking to people. It's like just a general thought that people don't really care so much about the albums anymore, but they do care about songs. And songs get uh, like sometimes the songs can get as much like uh, exposure as an entire like a full album would give you. Mm-hmm. So you know you can spend three uh, three years writing and, and perfecting an album, and people still only listen to one song. So then, as an artist, it gives you like the like makes you question what you're doing. You know, you, you know if you can spend just you know if you just release one song and, and get the exposure from that uh, and I think that's kind of the, um, the 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 ambitions that we will have in the future um, with the band eventually it will be another album but you know I, I don't want to stress with with you know stress with recording 10, sh- ten songs and like yeah and be in the studio extremely intensive to do 10 songs. And, you know, uh, it's just like, I just want to focus on each and every song and release it when I feel ready to release them. And, uh, yeah, I have no stress, you know? So I think that's, I think that's the approach that we're going to have not to let it, I mean, not to release them. So the songs so quickly, after each other but i think next song will perhaps come out in a in a month and a half maybe in october and uh, and then we'll take it from there we uh, actually caught up with james rivera of hellstar yeah that's what they did with their last release of clad in black yeah it was released two tracks in september and then something else came out in february then the rest was coming out at the end of august so it's like you're you're getting th- three bits of releases in a one yeah. year period, and it's keeping the band in the forefront and in people's minds. Because you're right, the attention span is just uh, it's getting shorter every single day. Oh hell yeah, dude! It's like people the the attention span is just ridiculous. I mean, it's like when we started out, when we released our first couple of albums, you could like be in the talks for at least six months from releasing an album. That period have been reduced to two weeks now. When you re- when you release an album, yeah, and it gets released and, and then it's gone. And it's yeah. well, it's the swipe right generation. Exactly. We we have a use and throw away kind of attitude towards music is what you know. I mean, and and I mean for us, I mean it's almost like you know, it's almost like like your streaming numbers are more important for you as a band than the record sales that says more these days you know so i'm happy if people stream our music on platforms where it can't like the streams can be counted for Mm -hmm. 
Olaf, uh, we have a fun segment on Metal Mayhem ROC called the Mount Rushmore of Metal. Many have tried, most have failed, only a few survived. This is the Mount Rushmore of Metal. Now, this is a fun little segment we do where we talk to our guests and we like to get their quick on the spot uh, answers to some questions. So, Olaf. Wick Strand of Enforcer, I'm going to ask you, what is your Mount Rushmore top four metal bands of all time? Um, Metallica, Europe, Judas Priest, Scorpions. Okay, those are um, four great answers. I'm going to go in on this. Which era of Scorpions? Um... I don't know. I like all the eras. 70s is like uh, that has a special place, of course, but also the 80s. Now it's impossible to say I like <laughs> all of it, but in a different way. Of course. Uh, here's a little uh, fun fact. Uh, Metallica recorded Kill Em All in my hometown. Yeah, I know. I think we were looking for the studio when we were in Rochester a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, I actually um, conducted a interview with the second with the with the guy that was second chair on Kill 'em All and um he was the Andy a- Andrew Robleski was his name and at the time he was a 21-year-old audio engineer student at the Eastman School of Music and yeah. he he was actually the guy that did the uh bass solo take 1 that's cool you got some history yeah a lot up of there, history yeah. you know how the band yeah. came up here so there uh, are you working on a new album in air quotes or you're you're always writing are you recording um we have this summer we recorded drums on 11 tracks um how it's going to be released we don't know yet but i'm working on one song at a time i think and uh, right now we have like two songs in the pipeline uh, which we expect to be like the next two singles. When do you think those will see the light of day? Christmas time? No, probably before that. I think yeah, a digital release takes like four or five weeks to set up. So as soon as I feel 100% confident with one of the songs, we're going to set up a digital release. Probably one in October and one in December. I think that's the plan. Oh, beautiful. And um, all those socials, best way for the listeners to follow Enforcer? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Spotify, Apple Music, but also Instagram and Facebook. Okay, cool. All right. Well, again, the single is Kiss of Death. Uh, Olaf, thanks for... um, taking the time to catch up and we'll do everything we can over here at metal mayhem to spread the word of enforcer. We sincerely appreciate that. Okay, sir. Uh, enjoy your evening and stay safe and healthy. Thanks man. You too. Bye. Bye.
for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our websites at MetalMayhemROC.com and MetalForever.com for information on upcoming concerts, podcasts, archives, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. Catch us next time on WLFE-DB Radio. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 